Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in, so you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. This is the Denver City Cast with Holden Kushner, presented by Bet Rivers. It is Holden with Veasan. It is the Denver City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers, and it is a Thursday show. We got the NFL schedule dropping tonight, and I woke up this morning. I looked at Bet Rivers on the NFL site. Oh boy, whole bunch of regular season lines up. I'll discuss them. We'll also talk about Russell Wilson's chances of winning the MVP, plus KJ Hamler. Says the Broncos wide receiver core is the best in the league, hands down. Discuss whether or not he's accurate on that. Jokic wins the MVP. He rides in on a horse and chariot and is surprised with the trophy. That was amazing. Discuss that. Plus, more things. The Nuggets TV ratings, a disaster. The Rockies on the road, a disaster. And my man spread a stare from... Run Pure Bet's going to join me, break down the NBA playoff games tonight. But let's get right into this with the Front Range 4, where I talk about the four biggest stories in sports on the Front Range. Well, whole bunch of NFL regular season games lined up on Bet Rivers. The latest game to leak, another, another primetime game for the Broncos, Week 14. They're going to host the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday Night Football. So here's what we got. We got that game against Kansas City. I do not see it up on Bet Rivers because they literally just announced it. So that's not a surprise. We already have the Broncos six and a half point favorites against the Jaguars in London with uh, 286 on the money line. Again, I threw a quarter of a unit down on the Broncos to cover that right now. We'll see where it goes from there. Again, I think if this game is in Jacksonville, it's probably... A minimum of seven and a half, maybe nine and a half. 
but they got to go across the pond. So they're going to start that one at six and a half. I just thought it was fun to get a little action in. And then the Broncos Rams game coming up on Christmas at 2.30 hour time, mountain time. Broncos plus two and a half minus 103 plus 120 on the money line. Not messing with that yet. And as far as the Broncos at the Chiefs, I mean, is that going to be a, a pick em or, or a Chiefs at the Broncos? Is that going to be a pick is what I mean for that Sunday night game. Kansas City coming to town preseason. I don't know if they make the, the Chiefs a favorite on the road. If they do, I mean, what is it? One point maybe? Maybe one and a half? Not so sure. I'm going to be fascinated to see that line. I'll probably end up setting the line right now at uh, let's go minus one and a half. So I think the Broncos will be plus one and a half at home. I think they'll be dogs. I really do. And again, this is not what, when a book sets a line, it's not what the book thinks is going to happen. The book is setting a number so that they get you to bet on it one way or the other. They want to make it as tantalizing as possible for both sides. So I'll just go out on a limb and say, it'll be the Broncos plus a point and a half at home on that Sunday night football game later on in the season. Speaking of the Chiefs, We've got the opening game here on Thursday night. Chargers Chiefs lines are up here. Chargers plus two and a half on the road, plus 133 to win. And the total points here at 52 and a half. I can't wait till we're close enough where I can actually break this game down and really dig into it. A Chiefs Bucks. I mean, it's, come on. We knew this, right? Kansas City's going to have a ton of primetime games. But I think that the Broncos are too. I would not be surprised if both the Chiefs and the Broncos have six primetime games this year. By the way, the early line on that, Bucks minus two and a half at home, minus 136 on the money line. Uh, Giants-Packers is a game that we have in October, six and a half point favorites for the Packers and Lambeau. Um, and Dallas and Green Bay, that could be a fun one. Uh, it'll be early November, November 13th, as a matter of fact. Packers minus four and a half. And the Cowboys plus 170 on the money line. So these things are going to be coming out left and right. These lines will be coming out left and right. Tomorrow, I'll obviously get into the schedule, give you my spiel of 17-0. Because honestly, how many of you actually want to listen to sports talk show hosts go through a schedule and predict if a game is right or wrong? I, I just think it's horrible radio. So I might as well do some shtick. We'll have them going 17-0. People believe I'm good, that they're going to go 17-0. It'll be a bunch of fun. But again, the divisional games, we know this is going to happen. Kansas City, the Raiders, the Chargers. We've got six of the games here. Uh, what about Houston? What about Indianapolis? How about the San Francisco game here? That could be amazing. Arizona, depending on when they play them. Do they play them in the first you know, six weeks of the season where there's no Nook Hopkins? Or do they play them later in the season? The Jets game... I mean, they're going to sell tickets tonight. I would think that there will be some Jets tickets <laughs> available. I don't think they'll sell that game out uh, a couple hours after the tickets are available. But then again, maybe I'm underestimating people and they actually want to see Russell Wilson bad enough to check out the Jets too. Uh, on the road, Tennessee, Jacksonville, the Rams. We know when they play the Rams on Christmas. We know when they play Jacksonville in London, October 30th. Uh, Seattle, wouldn't shock me if that's an early season matchup. I don't know if I want to see Seattle and the Broncos week one. Let's have a little build up to that maybe in week two or three. I wouldn't mind it. Uh, Carolina on the road, Baltimore, which I saw is going to be a 425 game later on in the season as well. So the road games are sexy. Home games, 
The three division games are going to be great. The Colts have a chance to be a playoff team in the AFC. Niners are a stud organization. Arizona and Kyler Murray. The home schedule is, I don't want to call it soft, but Houston, the Jets. I mean, it's a lot tougher on the road when you talk about a neutral site in London, despite it being the Jaguars. The Rams. The Ravens on the road. Seattle's going to be nuts. Tennessee winning home field last year. But I'm looking forward to it, man. This should be a lot, a lot of fun. Okay. I just want to say one more time. Congratulations to the Broncos on getting Russell Wilson because uh, Broncos country would be excited about the season coming up. There'd be a lot of debate as to who the quarterback was. But now you got a quarterback. you got a great quarterback. There's really not going to be much of a debate. Um, everybody is all in this season from the organization to the fan base, everybody. It's going to be awesome. So week 14, expect the Broncos to host Kansas city on Sunday night football. Other thing that is kind of cool about this. If you do get six primetime games and maybe they get flexed to a seventh, you could just watch every other game. Then you don't have to worry about it. Sunday, you could sit on your butt, watch every single game you want to. And then you'll get a night game. You'll get a night game on Sunday or you'll get a Monday night game. You'll get the Thursday. You'll get the London, which I'm, again, I'm counting this as a primetime game because it's over in London. Okay. That's how it is. Um, other things Broncos wise, because I'm just going to throw all the Broncos stuff into one big pool here on the front range Four. what else do we got? <clears throat> how about some MVP? Russ is 15 to one to win the MVP on bet rivers. What is the path? to Russell Wilson winning the most valuable player. Well, I think the Broncos are going to need to win the AFC West. They might have to have the best record in the AFC, if not the NFL. And Wilson's going to have to put up prolific numbers. You know, Russell Wilson is a great quarterback who has been in a system which has really limited him. Now, they allowed him to quote-unquote cook for a little bit because there were a lot of injuries over the last couple of years. And he did get a little sloppy there. I just think it's gonna be so much different. Resurgence in his energy. Um, he's going to have this organization that instead of forcing him to play one way, is going to tailor the offense to him. I can't say this enough. They're just gonna tailor the offense to him and it's the right way to go. Now, what was statistically Russell Wilson's best season? Hmm. I think you can go back to 2015. A lot of people remember that. 34 touchdowns, eight interceptions, 4,024 yards thrown. Uh, he had another great season in 2020. Again, this is when they let him cook. So he had a high in interceptions at 14, but he also threw 40 touchdowns. I think we'd all take 4,200 yards, 40 touchdowns, and 13 interceptions. Is that going to win him the MVP? Probably not. You probably need more of like a 40 and seven or eight interceptions to win MVP. But there's a chance, and there's some value there at 15 to one. QBs have won nine MVPs in a row. They have won 14 of 15. We know Aaron Rodgers has won two in a row. If you go back over the last 10, I said nine of 10, right? Peyton Manning was the first one. Um, and then you had Adrian Peterson before that. So that's really the only non-quarterback in the last 15 years was Adrian Peterson, and he went bananas. Here's something that's kind of fun. I was scrolling down the list. You get like 500 to one on Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton. That's a joke. It's wasting money. But I won't bet this, but Javante Williams and Drew Locke 
are both at 151 to win the MVP. A quarterback and a running back, 151. Javante and Drew Locke, both with the same odds. I, honestly, I think there's a better shot of Javante rushing for 2,000 yards and receiving for another 500 yards than to Drew Locke to finish in the top 50 in MVP voting. I truly believe that. <laughs> Back to the schedule just real quick. Speaking of Drew Locke, the games I'm extra excited for this year, besides for the six division games, which are going to be great, that Sunday night game against KC here, that Baltimore game in the 425 window, which will get Romo and Nance, and that'll be a late season game probably with playoff implications, and we'll see Lamar against this Broncos defense. And then Seattle. I think this is going to be fascinating. They're going to cheer. That is a great fan base out there. It hasn't always been there. Hasn't always been there. You know, Hasselbeck, Holmgren kind of got the Seahawks on the board in Seattle. People started noticing them. And then obviously Russ getting them to a couple of Super Bowls. But that game in Seattle is going to be emotional for him. And I think it's just going to be a lot of fun. A lot of pomp and circumstance there. Uh, last note on Russell Wilson, though, okay? I don't know if you heard Russell Wilson, uh, Elway talking about Russell Wilson yesterday, but John Elway, he came out and said, um, Russ is the piece we needed. And I'm watching Elway talk and, and I'm done with the Elway. Everybody just uh, throwing this guy in a grave. He won Super Bowls, the first two Super Bowls here. He carried this franchise to Super Bowls when they had no business being in Super Bowls. Okay. He was the general manager when they won a Super Bowl and went to another Super Bowl. Now, has the last half decade sucked? Yes. And he deserves criticism for that. But I think when it's all said and done, you know, five, ten years from now, people can just step away from the emotions of being upset at him because of the roster. And they can look back and say, oh, you know, this guy is the greatest in the history of the world here in Denver. There's no question about it. But I'm not so sure that Elway makes this trade. His quarterback has to be tall, right? I mean, he didn't draft Russell Wilson because he was too short. He drafted Drew Locke because he was tall. There's obviously a lot of other things that go into this, but I'm not so sure that Elway trades for Russell Wilson if he's still calling the shots. He's involved still, but I don't think they trade for him. I don't think they do if Elway is still making the decisions there. All right, we'll continue here on the Front Range Four. More Broncos, more, more, more Broncos. K.J. Hamler, he's back, the speedster. Talking about the Broncos wide receiving core. I feel like we're the best core in the league, hands down. I mean, sometimes I feel like I'm the best talk show host in the history of the world, and then people have to just go, listen, dude, um, you're really good at what you do, but th th there's... There's people that are probably better than you. Um, but I'll come up here and say I'm the best ever. And KJ Hamler talking about the Broncos. You know, maybe by the end of the year, we see that happening. Maybe, maybe, maybe. But I'm going to go through some other uh, teams in their wide receiver rooms. I was going to do this with the running backs too. We'll probably get to that next week. Because you want to make an argument that the best running back room is in Denver? I think it's definitely a top four. Wide receiver, that's another question. Here was the other thing. That was interesting to me. Hamler said he thinks that he's kind of like the Tyler Lockett in this system. And he actually talked to Tyler Lockett and picked his brain on Russell Wilson. See, I always kind of feel like it's going to be Jerry Judy, that number one option. 
You can go to him underneath a little bit, but you're going to stretch the field with him a little bit more. He's the guy that's going to get you a thousand plus yards and flirt with 10 touchdowns. I don't see KJ Hamler as that guy. I see KJ Hamler as the guy that just, just stretches the field, but I could be wrong here. Okay. I, I hope he's not playing the locket role. I hope it's Jerry Judy. And maybe, you know what? Maybe when it's all said and done, they don't need a locket role. But I would think Judy would be that guy more than anything else. Sutton would play the DK Metcalf. And there really wasn't that consistent number three for Seattle in the passing game. So maybe Hamler is going to be that guy. There's also Tim Patrick too, which means they've got a lot of talent. They've got a lot of depth. They just haven't proved very much. Okay. I think that this wide receiver room is now going to be vaulted into the conversation, but we can't do that yet. I mean, the team with the best wide receiver crew, the best wide receiver room, I'm going to go to the Bengals with Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd. Boyd, one of the best slot receivers there is. Higgins, gigantic. I mean, Chase, maybe the most dynamic wide receiver in the league. Joe Burrow has some great, great receivers to work with. Now, if Drew Locke was the quarterback there, would they have the best wide receiver room in the NFL? No, absolutely not. Higgins, Chase, and Boyd would be mediocre. But I think if you throw in the fact that Joe Burrow is there, the talent, the size, the speed, the hands, the Bengals have the best wide receiver room in the NFL. I think you've got Miami and Tampa Bay right there with them. Tyreek and Waddle. If you don't know Jalen Waddle is, last year broke out as a rookie. I thought he would be the rookie of the year. Um, he, he performed that well. You're going to have Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. I mean, this is something that Mahomes never had. He had Tyreek and Kelsey, but now he's got two wide receivers. I think by the, when it's all said and done by the end of this year, we'll be talking about Waddle as one of the top 10 wide receivers in the league, and maybe more. And then they picked up Cedric Wilson from the Cowboys, who is remarkable. I mean, I love this kid. He had some blow-up games when there were injuries to Amari Cooper and even C.D. Lamb a little banged up. So I think Miami's two. The Bucks are three. I'll go Evans, Godwin, and Gage. I get it. Godwin's coming off the ACL. But they added Russell Gage from Atlanta, who's a terrific possession receiver. We know Mike Evans is one of the most explosive. And Godwin's just a targets monster. I don't think that the Broncos have the best wide receiver core in the division either. I think the Raiders boast that now, unfortunately. I know it doesn't make you happy, Broncos fans, but I, I honestly believe this. Uh, you've got Devontae, the best wide receiver in the league. You've got Renfro, possibly the best possession receiver in the league, and Brian Edwards. So maybe they're just not as deep, but top two, I'll put those two up with anybody. I'll put them up there with Chase and Higgins. I'll put them up there with Evans and Godwin, Tyreek and Waddle. I'm talking about Devontae and Renfro. Um, Minnesota, kind of the same as the Raiders. Justin Jefferson could lead the league in receptions, yards, and touchdowns this year. Adam Thielen is an amazing number two. Their three is K.J. Osborne, though. They're not quite as deep. Giants, I know you're going to laugh, but I think there's a lot of similarities between what we have here in Denver and what they have in the Giants. Now, again, bad quarterback play so that these wide receivers really can't step up. But Kenny Galladay was a stud in Detroit. Darius Slayton, speed guy. Sterling Shepard, terrific. Kadarius Toney, one of the most exciting rookies uh, last year, and he wants a deal, but he wants to get traded. But, you know, I kind of see Sutton and Galladay, a lot to prove. Judy and Slayton, a ton to prove. Hamler and Shepard, a ton to prove. All these guys just have a ton to prove both sides. 
Uh, 49ers, Debo and Ayuk. If you include Kittle, that's top shelf, but it's just those two really. And the Rams, I think the Rams had the best room in the NFL, but Robert Woods is in Tennessee. Odell Beckham Jr. is a free agent. They got Cooper Cup. You know, that was a great, great room last year. Absolutely amazing. Okay, that's a lot of Broncos here. Number one on the front range four, four biggest stories in sports on the front range. I'm going to take a deep breath, take a quick break, come back with numbers two, three, and four, and then spread a stare, run pure bets to break down tonight's NBA action. That's next on the Denver CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers. Baseball is here, and Bet Rivers has a special offer for you every Saturday throughout the season. Place a three-leg same-game parlay of at least $25, and you will earn a $10 free bet. With same-game parlays, you can combine player props and game bets to make your perfect combo. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Claim your offer on the BetRivers app or go to BetRivers.com. Must be 21. Must be located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Let's continue with the front range four. We've got numbers two, three, and four. The second biggest story in sports on the front range. Let's talk some Nikola Jokic. He was on with the boys on TNT, Shaq, Barkley, Kenny Smith, Ernie Johnson. So he wins his MVP. They get the trophy all the way out to him in Serbia. His, uh, his head coach, the owner of the team, Josh Kroenke, I guess he's the governor of the team. He was there. Oh boy, it was it was absolutely hilarious because Kroenke was actually wearing a shirt that had the fat Nikola Jokic as a kid. He made a shirt out of that. Okay, so it's pretty cool that the organization comes out, flies halfway across the world, gives this guy his trophy. He gave Michael Malone a kiss on the cheek. I mean, they, they, Malone and Jokic—that's a team. They love each other, love each other, but. The best part about this, I mean, you can't make this stuff up. They're sitting there with what, a camera? uh, They're sitting there with cameras? I don't know if this is staged or not. I don't think it was. Jokic comes in in a horse chariot. So he's got a horse and a little chariot in the back, and he's wearing like a bike helmet. You can't make this stuff up. Joel Embiid is not driving on a horse with a chariot just around all day, having a good time, la-da-da-da-da, the MVP of the the NBA. I I don't know if – it's probably got to be the first time. Anybody – has been riding around in a horse chariot and then given the MVP. It was a pretty cool moment. But anyways, back to the TNT thing. Jokic is doing all of his pressers in a barn with a horse and a dog and a whole bunch of other stuff. And here's the Joker on TNT last night. I'm not flashy, let's say like that. Oh, dog is dying right there. He's good. He's good. He's good. He's good. He did not die. So it's just great. Love this guy. It's impossible not to like Nikola Jokic at this point. Seriously. Even if you hate the Nuggets, and I don't know who hates the Nuggets, but how do you not love Nikola Jokic? He finished first, 65 out of 100 first place votes. I mean, that's not a little. That's a huge amount. Two thirds of the votes for first place went to Jokic. So I don't know where this huge debate is coming from. It was pretty easy. 27 second place votes. Okay, half of Philadelphia and the people that don't watch Jokic, they got it. Six third place votes. Who voted him fourth? I mean, I can at least understand the case for Embiid and Giannis. But fourth place? Give me a break, man. 
Embiid, 26 first place votes. Giannis had nine. Giannis finished third behind Embiid. I mean, Jokic is just having a blast with this, too. People keep bringing it up. He was the 41st pick. He was drafted during a Taco Bell commercial. Seriously. He goes, hopefully I'm going to have some percentage uh, from the Taco Bell. (laughs) He wants some Taco Bell. Uh, He also said, I was sleeping when they drafted me. I didn't even think about coming to play. Oh, wow. And he also said he couldn't find his first MVP trophy because they were moving in Serbia. But he knows where they both are now. So that's kind of cool. At least Jokic has both of his MVPs. I just wanted to bring that up again. Best player in the world. Most valuable player in the world. Uh, 0% chance he wins it next year. (laughs) Even if it ends up like this, the writers are just not going to do it. You you don't give guys three straight MVPs. It just doesn't happen. Right or wrong, it doesn't happen. He's not winning the MVP next year. Back-to-back's great. I hope that he takes the Giannis path. Back-to-back MVPs. People are complaining about that. Then he goes out and wins a championship. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. Okay, let's move on to number three. Little abs, little nuggets here. We're going to talk about this uh, Comcast altitude dispute, plus with Dish and everybody else. But first, it is hockey playoff time. Do you know we got four games on the docket tonight? Bet Rivers has a special offer through the entire NHL playoffs. If you place Three same-game parlays of $10 or more each round. You get a $10 free bet at the conclusion of each round. So think of it as a betting hat trick. Terms and conditions apply. See the site for details. Create your ideal combo with same-game parlays on the BetRivers app or BetRivers.com. You got to be 21. You got to be located in Colorado. And if you have a gambling problem, please call one 800 522-4700. Go get yourself some help. Seriously. Uh, the TV ratings are out. We kind of knew what they were for a little while. But, you know, Altitude continues to just screw themselves over. It's amazing the little amount of people in Denver that have absolutely that have actually watched Nikola Jokic um, in anything but a playoff game or maybe a nationally televised game. We'll start with them. Um, it was a joke. Back in February, their ratings were the worst in the NBA at 0.19. In contrast, the Warriors were number one at 7.63. Like, wow. The worst in the NBA. So you've got the number six seed in the West. More importantly, you've got the MVP, and nobody in Denver is watching them. Like, that is, they would be canceled if they were a television show. The Nuggets would be canceled if they were a television show. They won't be, thank God. But think about this. NBA betting is huge in Colorado. It is by far and away the second most popular sport. And it'll probably be the biggest handle just because there's so many games. Who's betting on the NBA? Because they're not betting on the Nuggets. Or if they are betting on the Nuggets, they're not watching the games. It's just a bizarre dichotomy there. NBA betting huge. Nobody watching the local team. Again, it's not because of their performance. It's all because of a pissing match. As TV broadcast, they're down significantly from last season. Now, this is a different this is a different beast. And I don't understand how they get a .82 rating and the Nuggets only get a .19. Like, the Avalanche are four times more popular than the Nuggets are? Doesn't make sense. But that's neither here nor there right now. .82 rating, that's awful also. Down 23%. 
They were a little over a one last season. They're 15th out of 23 American NHL markets. Now, I think every single American market before was down. And the difference is they had a shortened season that started later last year. So that more games were important. Just, every game was more important, so you're getting better ratings. But they're killing themselves. I, I will continue to talk about this ad nauseum until it's fixed. It's wrong. They're killing their own fan base. I get it. They probably made a profit going to the playoffs with both teams. But the Avs and the Nuggets, long-term, they're just killing themselves. And go think about it. What if, you know, three or four years from now, the Nuggets are still, you know, the Nuggets are starting to come to the end of a run. The Avalanche are starting to come to the end of a run. You think these numbers are bad now. They have hurt their fan base for decades going forward. I mean, my kids are young. They're seven and four. They don't watch sports on TV. They love going to Avs games. But I'll tell you this much, they don't live with me, and I know their mom doesn't have, uh, doesn't have direct TV. They're not going to be watching any Avalanche games on TV unless they come over to my place. They're not going to be watching any Nuggets games unless they come over to my place. It's a sad state of affairs there. Again, it's great to see Kroenke fly half cro halfway across the world to go give Jokic his MVP, but it's equally as frustrating that the access to these games is just not there. Okay, that's number three. Number three on the front range four, the four biggest sports stories on the front range. Number four is going to be a quickie, just a quickie here, the Rockies. They lost 7-1 yesterday in San Francisco. They have lost 10 straight to the Giants. This is their longest losing streak to the Giants franchise in franchise history. Actually, it ties it. But they're still 16-5 on the season. Still 16 and 15, excuse me. Still 16 and 15 on the season. Honestly, you tell me at the beginning of the year, would you take a 16 and 15 start after 31 games? I'd say, hell yeah. So I'm not as down on them. We knew they can't play. We just know this from decades of research now, decades of data. They don't hit on the road. They don't play well on the road. They hit well at home. They play well at home. They can be an awful team. They still play well at course. There's an advantage there and a disadvantage when they go away from it. No home runs on the six-game roadie. How do you not hit one home run away from home? How? Six games? Zero home runs. They've now lost 9-10 on the road. They're off today. They've got a nine-game, 10-day homestand, though. Friday night at Coors. They've got Kansas City for a three-game set. And this will be fun, right? We get to see the Rockies come home and beat the Royals. <laughs> we'll, we'll go back to betting them too. We'll go back to backing them because they are so good at home, even if they're dogs. Now, here's the other part of the equation. This is not an easy homestand coming up. So they get the three against the Royals, fine. Then you get three against the Rockies, uh, against the Giants, I should say. Sorry about that. Three against the Giants. They've, again, they've lost 10 games in a row too. Maybe they could pick one up there, stop that streak. And then the Mets, who are a good team, come into town. So they've got three against a slightly below mediocre team to not good team. And then they've got three against one of the best teams in baseball and another three against one of the best teams in baseball. Buckle up. If you can get a five and four homestand out of this, <laughs> and that's saying a lot because three of those games are against a team you've lost 10 in a row to, but you go five and four on this trip, feeling pretty good about yourselves. They're 11 and five at home so far. All right, that's the front range four. Coming up next, we'll catch up with Spread Astaire, my buddy from Run Pure Bets. We'll break down both games coming up tonight 
And we'll recap last night's game. What the hell happened to the Warriors? They were down by 55 points to the Memphis Grizzlies last night. And I will bring up a quick special for tonight's games. If you want to take the Suns and Heat to close out their series, it's called the Closeout Parlay. Bet Rivers has that at plus 282 for the Suns and the Heat. Go to Bet Specials to find that one. NBA Chatter next on the Denver City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers is offering new customers a deposit match up to $250 when you sign up today. In addition to their welcome bonus, Bet Rivers has daily and ongoing promotions that can provide extra value. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com to sign up. Must be 21, must be located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 522 4700. Okay, welcome back to the Denver City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. Spread a stare, one of my favorites, terrific NBA handicapper. Does a lot of tennis too, but I know you for your NBA handicapping, and you have been crushing it since your last appearance. You're like, hey man, I'm on a roll. Well, I've been telling you, I'm up big time units, and now you're crushing it in the playoffs once again. How are you, my friend? Man, I'm doing great. T tore myself away from some of the tennis going on in Rome uh, to make an appearance here, but I always love breaking it down with you holding on the Denver CityCast. Oh, that's so sweet of you to say. So we're going to break down tonight's games. We're going to talk about yesterday's games, but let's face it. Nikola Jokic riding in on a horse <laughs> and carriage on a literal chariot. There's nothing better than that. No other MVP would be doing his press conferences from a barn how do people not love Nikola Jokic at this point? Yeah, that's a question. I almost wonder if it's just because he's better than their favorite players. Because there's nothing really that this guy does that's unlikable in my mind. So is, is Giannis the only better player that's better than him? Or is it Jokic or is Luka there? Like, what is your top three or four players in the NBA? Forget about the most valuable. Just the best players in the NBA. Who are they in your mind? Giannis one. Jokic, two. Durant, number three. Ooh, no Embiid there. He's got to stay healthy. He's got to stay healthy. Yeah. Before we get into tonight's games, I just want to talk about last night. Golden State was down 55. Like, legit 55 <laughs> points last night. What in the hell happened, Spread? <laughs> this is a team that dominated the Nuggets. Last night, I'm just shaking my head. They had to as well. They're, literally, they got the, the whoop the trick that happened to Steph Curry and the Warriors. Yeah, uh, really puzzling performance there from the Warriors who just seemed to pack it in. Uh, listening to quotes from Steph Curry, they were really frustrated by some sequences that happened at the end of the first quarter, and they felt uh, that's where they let the game slip away. But, you know, really for a team that has championship uh, aspirations to just – pack it in so easily and so quickly uh, surprised me. I, you know, I did think that Memphis had a good chance to come out strong. Um, but, boy, for the Warriors to completely wilt like that, um, interesting decision. It almost felt like they're like, hey, we're going to win game six anyways. Let's just uh, pack this one in. So not a very entertaining game, and I don't know how much we can take away from it either. Are the Warriors still going to win this thing? Oh, yeah, they'll win in Chase Center. They're okay. so much better at home. They're, they're so much better at home. And when they were so good during their championship years, they were a great road team too. Now they've kind of defaulted uh, to just being that home team. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that serves them because, of course, if they do advance, which I expect, uh, they're going to be on the road again against Phoenix. And Phoenix is not, you know, Memphis is good, but Phoenix to me is a lot better, assuming 
that Phoenix gets by tonight. But, um, you know, uh, I, I really like Phoenix at home if this one goes seven here. So uh, could be a Golden State Phoenix series, but the Warriors can't afford to give away games like they did last night against the Phoenix Suns or potentially the Dallas Mavericks. Then what happened to the Celtics? I mean, that was a remarkable comeback by the Bucs and the Bucs getting that victory. My question for you would be, did the Celtics blow that game or did the Bucs just steal it because you had Bobby Portis with the putback, two Drew Holiday steals, and all of a sudden Boston, who played probably better than anybody in the first round, they're a game away from elimination down 3-2 with the series shifting back to Milwaukee. Couple mistakes by the Celtics, but I felt the Bucs won that game. Uh, they were hitting contested three-point shots. Uh, you know, when Giannis is, is draining threes, uh, he's just so hard to stop to, to begin with. And then, of course, uh, the battle of the boards there. But that's why Bobby Portis is in there, to, to do those type of things, uh, to grab those type of rebounds. So um, as much as people want to downgrade the Celtics and say the Celtics blew it, I felt that Milwaukee uh, rose up and won the game. And for a guy, um, right, a two-time MVP uh, who has a ring on his finger, I, it's just so amazing to me that people – get surprised when he's able to raise his level uh, to do these type of things, right? This is the defending champions. <laughs> this guy dropped 50 with the game on the line in the NBA finals last season. Uh, I think if he was in New York or Los Angeles, you know, we'd be hearing about how this guy is the greatest player in the world, but because he's in Milwaukee, uh, people kind of overlook him. And I'm just surprised today that people are so surprised uh, that the team with the best player in the world won, won a basketball game on the road. So uh, I thought the Bucs did great. I didn't really like downgrade the Celtics. Obviously, you know, maybe only one more game. Talk about these ratings. But um, I felt that Milwaukee rose up and won that game, not that the Celtics lost it. So who ends up winning that series then? Does Milwaukee close out at home or do the Celtics have a couple more wins in them? Or, you know, I'm always team Bucks. I love the yeah, Bucs. I just think that Giannis is, is – how can you be, you know, an MVP candidate and be underrated? But he seems to find a way uh, to do it. Um, so I, I really like the Bucks here. I know the Celtics rode that great second half, right? But that was all regular season stuff. Um, the Milwaukee Bucks have the playoff pedigree, right? They've been in this situation before. Uh, they've closed out before. And don't look now, Holden, but rumors that Chris Middleton might be in uniform for game six. Uh, which just gives them more options on the offensive end, plus another great defensive option for Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Yeah, even if it takes them seven then. I mean, getting Middleton back. You don't want to have to go back to Boston, but they prove they can win there. Right. And you get Middleton back. I mean, they've been doing this without their second best player, right? Yeah, and like I said, once again, I think it's just credit to, to how good Giannis is and how he just does whatever they need. You, you need a rebounder. We got it. You need a rim protector. I'll do it. You know, you need a scorer. I'll do it. So uh, he's just the most versatile player in the league right now. So uh, I expect him to rise and shine here. I think maybe the, the famous mantra of Bucks and six uh, could come true again here. So uh, I think the Bucks get it done on home court, but I don't think the series is lost for them. I think they do have the ability to win a game seven in Boston the same way in the second round last year. Uh, they won that game seven in Brooklyn. That's wild, man. Let's get to tonight's games, the, the two big games tonight, because we have possible uh, series-ending games, right? Now, I don't have the stat in front of me. Spread, I've been looking for this, this number for so long, and I can't find it. So I'll start with the numbers on Bet Rivers and then explain to you what I'm talking about here. Okay. Heat Sixers, Miami looking to wrap this thing up in Philly. 
Heat plus two, 107 on the money line, and 207 is the total. And there was a 207 total earlier in the playoffs, and it was an auto bet for me because, gosh, I can't remember if it was back two seasons or three seasons, but just about every single total, 207 or 207 and a half or below has gone to the over. This is a remarkably low total. Now, it seems like there's a good reason for that, right? But talk to me about this total 207 because you're not going to see much lower than that, are you? No, but I think it's a case where they want to, to go lower. They know they can put 207 there and get the 50% on each side, which, of course, is the goal of the sports book. They're not necessarily saying, hey, this is what we think it's going to be. They're saying this is the number we think we're going to get 50% action on both sides. And I can see why because, um, first of all, there's blowout potential tonight for both sides. For both sides. What's one big key to this game? Embiid's health and fitness, right? And there's a lot. I don't think that anybody can talk bad if Embiid were to actually not play in these games. But he's out there and he's giving it all. But at what point is it just too much to ask of the guy, right? He's playing with a broken orbital bone. He's got to feel it in his face on any type of contact. Even if he's backing someone down in the post, when he's boxing someone out, all this contact has to be painful for him. At what point does it wear down? And of course, the myriad of injuries that he's dealt with this season have affected his condition. And that's been an issue for Embiid throughout his career. Not that he's lazy, not that he doesn't work hard. He obviously works hard when he has the opportunities. But when you're constantly missing time, you're constantly having to work yourself back into condition rather than staying in tip-top condition, as is the case right, with some of these guys like Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler, who are just you know, always in good shape. So that's where it comes down to tonight. So if we have a blowout, it most likely goes under. Unfortunately, we had a blowout in Memphis last night and that game didn't go under. So I was pretty disappointed about that, right? So it's not, a you know, a for sure rule, but it's usually the way that it goes. And also I expect to see a, a very slow pace from these teams tonight. Um, Harden and Embiid both like the methodical half court style. And I think the Heat will prefer that as well. So um, I can see why people do like the under here, and that's the way that I lean. You're going to the under. I'm going to the over. Okay. Okay. So that's interesting. And I and I was just digging up some stats here. Philly shot 21% from wide open three in Miami, 41% at home. Right. They, I mean, they probably improved there, right? Yeah, that's my thing. Three of the five games have gone to the under. So I I get it, man. But – and I'm not a trends guy. It's almost a system at this point where we're 207 and a half. And I'll tell you, or 207. And the other funny thing, I was saying the same exact thing this morning. When you're looking at lines, Vegas does not think that it's, or the books don't think it's going to, this is going to happen. They're just trying to get their money. You know, just because the, the Sixers are two point favorites doesn't mean they think they're going to win. They just think that you're going to lay money down on each side so they can make a profit. Exactly. Just very, very simple. Okay, next game. The Suns leading the Mavericks three games to two. Lines on Bet Rivers. Suns minus two on the road. Minus 129 on the money line. Mavericks plus 108. 211 and a half is the total here. Uh, fascinating. Fascinating to get your thoughts on this because the home teams are 5-0 and straight up and against the spread here. What do you want to do with the Mavericks and the Suns? I feel much stronger about this game than the last game because, like I said, I think Embiid's just this wild card uh, mm -hmm. when you're handicapping that Sixers game. If he comes out and he's himself, I think the Sixers have a great chance to get the victory. But, like I said, you know, does the, the, the wear and tear 
catch on to them. I don't think we have these questions here in Dallas tonight, right? We know mm-hmm. look, we don't have any major injury concerns hanging over the team. I know Chris Paul's beat up at this point, but let's be honest, they don't need Chris Paul to do everything. They need his leadership on the floor and and he can the Suns can win the game with Chris Paul in a facilitator role. But you mentioned it in the last game and I think it's going to come into play tonight. Uh, you know, Luca's going to get his, Devin Booker's going to get his no matter where they play. Guys like Dorian Finney-Smith, Reggie Bullock, Maxi Kleber. We even had a Davis Berton sighting, right? Uh, as Ooh. these Dallas Mavericks uh, are getting going. And I think we see a much better performance here um, from the Mavericks. And I know that they got blown out in that last game, right? It was kind of not even really fun to watch in the second half. Um, but that was the avalanche that happens when you're such a great team, home team uh, like the Phoenix Suns. So I really like the Mavericks to force a game seven here tonight. I feel stronger about this one because I feel like there's less uncertainty in handicapping this game. Now, you know, I mean, I could lose the bet, right? Maybe, you know, they don't shoot well from three and, you know, Phoenix defense travels and they finally win one on the road, kind of like they did uh, against the Pelicans, right? Where they finally grabbed that game six uh, to finish the series. But uh, Luca is just that guy that um, nobody's going to stop him here. So, right, we can almost pencil him in for, you know, he's averaging 28 and 11 in the series, right? Almost pencil him for that. I know that you'll be doing um, some DFS content later today, Mm -hmm. and I'm pretty sure these guys are going to say you have to lock him in the lineup. And and I would agree because he's going to have another great night. So we already pretty much count on that as a baseline. Uh, we're going to need some help from Jalen Brunson, but that's one thing that Luca figured out uh, after those game one and two losses is, hey, I got to trust my teammates. And it was a pretty quick, pretty quick, right? But he's getting Brunson more involved. He's getting Dinwiddie more involved. He's saving his energy uh, for the fourth quarter. And that's really helped the Mavericks a lot. And as well as let, let these other guys feel involved, right? Let them be part of a team, right? It's not really fun to just be out there and watch one guy dribble the whole game. Um, so I like the Mavericks to bounce back tonight. I do think that they do force a game seven and that'll be fun because uh, that'll give us something to look forward to on Sunday. Hey, Spread, l- let me ask you the futures here uh, to win the championship. Warriors 225, Suns 230, Bucks 425, Heat 500, Celtics plus 900, getting 28 to one on the Sixers. Who's taking this thing? And you can throw the odds into it, but are you still you, – would you say that the Bucks at plus 425 are a good bet, or is it too late to get in on that? If I were to jump in on that, I would just take uh, like a half unit on the Bucks, half unit on the Celtics. So whoever comes out of there, you'll just have winning the title. Here. I'm sitting on um, an 11 to 1 for the Celtics to at least win the East. So maybe it is beneficial to me to maybe throw down a little bit on 425. It's way down from where it was, right? But 425, a little hedge piece, would you recommend that? Yeah, I I, I really like the Bucks here, man. I, th- I think they're getting undervalued, and I think just because they're in Milwaukee, it's just shocking to me. Giannis is one of the most likable guys, one mm-hmm. of the most likable superstars uh, in the past 10 years. I mean, how could you not like this guy, right? I mean, you want you, this is a guy you want your children to look up to, right? The proverbial, let him date my daughter, all that fun stuff, right? He's just a great guy. And the NBA has failed uh, to capture this marketing, which which really shocks me, right? We're still trotting out th- these older players that, that might not be as fan friendly. So um, because of that, I do think that we get great value when we're looking at the Bucks, kind of this overlooked team. I've never seen a defending champion uh, just be washed away uh, so easily. I mean, everyone keeps pointing to that um, Kevin Durant 
Durant tell on the line, but they still had to come back and win the, win the overtime in the overtime. It's not like, you know, uh, they didn't come through and then they continued to do it. And like I said, they came through against, you know, the Phoenix Suns, who are a great team, and they show that they're a great team this year. So I really like the Bucks at plus 425. You already have the Celtics, but if not, I would say you go there. I really like the winner of that series in the conference finals for sure. Uh, Miami has showed some flaws on the offensive end, and, and defense is great, and, and, you know, defense wins championships. I think that adage is about 30 years old in both sports with all the, the rule changes, right? Defense is important, uh, but you can't just solely ride a defense to win a championship like the way you could when we were kids, right, watching B Bill Parcells and those guys do it, right? Um, so uh, I like the Bucks and the Celtics. I think that whoever wins this series comes out of the East, and then you got yourself a nice number, and you can consider hedging whether or not they're going against the Suns and the Warriors. But I think both these East teams match up really well uh, with the Suns and the Warriors. And forgive me for throwing the, the Grizzlies and the Mavericks out of this conversation, but but for expediency's sake, this is the most likely. You look at the Bucks, right? They have that. How are the Warriors going to match up with Giannis? They got crushed on the glass last night. Uh, they gave up 18 offensive rebounds to, to Steven Jackson and Jaron Jackson. What's going to make you think that Giannis, uh, Brooke Lopez, and Bobby Portis wouldn't do the actual same? And then we saw what uh, Giannis was able to do against the Suns last season. Now, of course, uh, you know, the Suns have the ability to make some adjustments, and I think they are playing a little better. But a lot of those matchups are the same. I'd favor the Bucs there as well. Uh, same thing with the Celtics. This is a big physical team. They go real deep. I think they match up well with both teams. So I would take the Bucs and the Celtics right there and just let those two ride. My friend, we're on the same side with the Mavs, different side with the total in the first game of the night tonight. And that is absolutely fine, right? Plug everything you're doing because I'm just a big fan. And if you're not following spread for NBA or if you play tennis, you're missing out. Spread. Plug everything, buddy. All right. Yeah. I'm, you know, working with Run Pure Bets and Run Pure Sports for Run Pure Bets. Every day I do the NBA rundown on the Run Pure Bets YouTube channel. It comes on at 3.30 Eastern, uh, where myself and Tyler Hicks uh, will be joined by a guest from the DFS side of the Run Pure Sports team today. It's JSU. Tomorrow it's AP. Great team. Great conversation every single day. I'm writing articles on the NBA and for tennis on Bookmakers Review. And of course, uh, I'm helping out our... Uh, you know, tennis expert Susie Sue's make those cores and build that playbook every day for the Run Pure Sports team. So uh, we've been having a great time pumping out all this content. And of course, I always love coming on, talking some NBA with you on the Denver CityCast. Thank you, buddy. Always appreciate it. Spread a stare. I got a note on the abs and then uh, somebody's really upset with Russell Wilson and Sierra. We'll discuss next Denver CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. Baseball is here, and Bet Rivers has a special offer for you every Saturday throughout the season. Place a three-leg same-game parlay of at least $25, and you will earn a $10 free bet. With same-game parlays, you can combine player props and game bets to make your perfect combo. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Claim your offer on the Bet Rivers app or go to BetRivers.com. Must be 21. Must be located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Thanks again to Spread a Stare from Run Pure Bets for hopping on. I'm with him on the Mavs Plus 2. I'm also taking the under, though, on game number one on the Eastern Conference side with the Heat and the Sixers. couple things to wrap things up, wrap things up with. Uh, PETA. Yeah, you know PETA, right? Sierra and Russell Wilson. They got a puppy. They named it Bronco. PETA, not happy. They said he bought it from a breeder 
and they need to rescue a pooch from a shelter. PETA says the couple's new dog, Bronco, is a purebred puppy and likely from a breeder whose mother dogs are often locked inside filthy cages and bred over and over until their bodies give out. Uh, PETA's right that you should adopt. PETA's right that uh, dogs and cats, just the, these puppy mills are disgusting. But come on, PETA. It's fine. It's nice to bring some attention to that. And I'm a big adopt, don't shop. And I actually said that. I was like, God, I, I wish he would have rescued a dog. That would. But you know what? It's up to him. He wants a purebred. He gets a purebred. Good for PETA for doing that. Very, 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 very rarely do I ever agree with them. But it would have been nice to see Russ Wilson getting a, a nice little rescue dog. And there's still time for him to do that. There's still time for him to do that. But to sit here and knock the guy, give me a break. Give me a break. Uh, also, good news for the abs. Darcy Kemper looked like he was at skate around this morning. So the abs aren't going to start their next series till next week, Monday or Tuesday. But it does look like their top goaltending uh, option is going to be there. And then last but not least, Forbes came out with their top 10 highest paid athletes in the world. Uh, most of them are soccer players. Now, in this, they end up counting endorsements and actual salary from the sport they're playing. Okay. So I'm just going to go down. Let's get to, uh, we'll start at number five. Number five would be a good spot, right? Um, ah, we'll do number six. Kevin Durant, sixth highest paid athlete in the world. 42 million on the field, 50 million off the field. That's where the money is for a lot of these NBA guys and the soccer players. Uh, Steph Curry, he's number five, 92.8 mil, 45.8 on the court, 47 million off the court. So Durant makes about 3K more than him off the court. Uh, Neymar, these soccer players, I mean, you want your kid to make money. Uh, sure, they could play football and all these other. Neymar, I've heard of him. I don't watch soccer. Uh, he's 30. He's Brazilian. Okay. 70 million on the field, 25 million in endorsements. <whistles> 70 million? Ronaldo, 60 million on the field, 55 million off of it. He's number three. Number two, LeBron James, $121 million, 41.2 on the court, $80 million off the court. He's making $80 million in endorsements. And number one is Lionel Messi. Lionel Messi, 75 mil on, 55 million off the court. Holy moly. Tom Brady, by the way, the top NFL player, he comes in at number nine on the highest paid athletes. He comes in at number nine, making 31.9 million on the field, $52 million in endorsements. So you've got uh, the three of the top four soccer. You got LeBron in there, and the only NFL player would be Tom Brady sitting at number nine. Giannis also in the top 10. He's number 10. Canelo Alvarez, the boxer, 85 million in the ring, just 5 million out of the ring. He got that monster contract with Dazen. Uh, so Canelo is eight. Federer is seven. And then again, Durant is number six. Thanks again to Spread a Stare for hopping on and our producer, Steven. Thank you for so much you do, Stephen. I appreciate that, making this sound good. I'll be back tomorrow talking some abs with our boy, Mark Springer, who does the pre and post game for the Avalanche on Altitude. Take care of yourself. Let's go enjoy the schedule that drops tomorrow. We'll discuss that as well on the Denver CityCast presented by Bet Rivers.